following is a teaching message from Shaw Community Church. For more information on Shaw, for our teaching resources, visit www.shaw.org.nz. I want to just, uh, just before we have communion together uh, as a church community and then hear from the people that are being baptized, I want to just share a passage of scripture uh, that I think speaks into uh, the commitment that these eight people are making this morning and uh, the kind of uh, step that they're taking and just sets the scene for what's going on. We're, we're looking at some passages in the Gospels at the moment, uh, looking at some of the words and the deeds of Jesus. We looked at a passage um, in Mark's Gospel last week about the temple, and I just want to read one verse this morning, just focus us on, on one verse that uh, I think captures the essence of what it means to take a bold and courageous step to follow Jesus. This is in Mark chapter 8, in verse 34. Then he, that's Jesus, called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. It's, uh, it's not unusual today to see a cross worn as, as a kind of a fashion accessory. You know, you see cross necklaces, uh, cross bracelets, maybe a cross engraved on your ring, uh, maybe even a cross tattoo on your body. Apparently Justin Bieber has just got a new cross tattoo on his body. It's big celebrity news going on. Uh, but we, we don't think much of this. You know, we see crosses all the time. We see them. It's just a piece of jewelry. Often it's worn by someone who is a Christian and, and is identifying their faith in some way. But I just want you to think about, for a minute, what the cross actually is. Just think about that. Um, the cross. The cross was an instrument of torture. That, that, that's what it represented. I mean, the cross, crucifixion, that's what the cross represents. It was probably the worst way human beings have ever come up with to kill another person. In all of history. I mean, it was the most gruesome, the most horrific, the most bloody, the most horrendous form of execution in human history. Far worse than you'd see on any horror film today. And it, it was just so brutal. It was drawn out sometimes over days, just involved this process of the agony and the suffering and the torture being prolonged. And then, of course, there was the, the idea of the person being totally shamed and humiliated and degraded so that crucifixion really involved a person being totally debased totally dehumanized in every sense. When crucifixion was, was happening in the first few centuries, it, the cross was not a religious symbol. The cross was not a symbol of love and joy and peace and, and church and Jesus or any, any of those things. The cross was a symbol of torture. It was a symbol of cruelty. It was a symbol of violence. It was a symbol of horror, really. I mean, the only thing I could compare it to is if instead of having a cross around your neck, you had a necklace with, with an icon of a Nazi gas chamber on it. And that would be shocking, and that may be offensive, but that's exactly what the cross was. It was utterly shocking. It was disturbing. It was not the kind of thing you talked about in polite company. And that's why it's so shocking that Jesus starts talking about the cross in Mark 8. And we, we hear the cross, and we're kind of used to hearing about the cross, maybe if you've, if you've grown up in church or if you're a Christian. But for these people who are listening to Jesus, they weren't used to hearing about the cross talked about like this at all. This is the first time in Mark's gospel that the cross is mentioned. And the crowds have been loving what Jesus is saying so far. I mean, they're loving the miracles. They're loving the healings. They're loving the feeding of the 5,000. That's great. But then Jesus says, whoever wants to come after me 
must take up their cross. And you imagine what kind of images that would have conjured up for people. I mean, to take up your cross, that's the image of the person who was going to be crucified. They had to carry their own cross beam like Jesus did. You, you, you have to bear the instrument of your own demise on your back. And when you see someone who is taking up their cross, there's one thing you know about that person without a shadow of a doubt. They are going to die. They're a dead man walking. They're a dead woman walking at that point. They're on their way to their execution and they are going to die. And this is what Jesus is saying, that if anyone wants to become my disciple, he's saying, it will require of you nothing less than death. Now, he's not saying literally every person who is a Christian is going to be martyred or is going to be crucified, but he is saying, if you want to be my disciple, you are going to need to die to yourself. You're going to need to die. He's saying being a Christian, being a Christ follower, it's not this thing that you can just attach onto your life on the side, like kind of bolted onto the side of your life. It's not an affiliation. It's not an identification. It's not membership in a club or a group or a movement. Being a Christian is not like being a vegetarian. It's not like being a member of a political party. It's not something you fit into your life. It's not something you put on top of your life. Jesus says, if you want to come after me and be my disciple, it means giving up your life and laying it down. He says, it means bringing every part of your life to me and saying, everything I am is yours. I die to it. It means saying, all of my dreams, all my ambitions, all my aspirations, I die to them. My job, my career, my life goals, my plans, I die to them. The things that are most precious to me, that I cherish, that I hold on to most tightly, I die to them. All of my accomplishments and achievements and accolades, I die to them. My greatest passions and loves, I die to them. Everything I hold so dear, I die to it. And I bring my life and I give it to you, Jesus, wholly, unreservedly, and unconditionally. That's what it means to take up our cross. It's a big call, right? That's huge. And the only reason Jesus asks any of us to do this is because he's already done it. He would never ask you to do something that he's not willing to do himself. The only reason Jesus asks you to take up your cross is because he's already taken up his. And a few years after he made this statement, Jesus literally hung on a cross and he died. And he died a death that you and I could never die. A death that was totally unique because in his death, he took all of our sin, all of our guilt, all of our shame, all of our brokenness, all of our failure. He took that on himself so that it could be possible for us to be reconciled to God, for our relationship with God to be restored, that we could receive forgiveness, that we could receive reconciliation, that we could receive eternal life, that we could be made sons and daughters of God. And that's something you can only receive by faith. There is nothing you can do to earn that. There is no amount of trying or striving or good deeds that will ever merit that. There's nothing you can do to make yourself even a little bit more deserving of that gift. There is no posturing that will make you even slightly more entitled to receive that gift. All you can do is open your heart and your arms and receive it by faith. But as we receive that gift by faith, what happens is that we gain a new identity. And we're transferred out of one kingdom and into another kingdom. 
and we become God's children. And now Jesus says, now that you've received that identity, now that you are my, my, my brothers and sisters, now that you're in this family, I want you to live out that identity by bringing your life to me and laying it down and taking up your cross and following me and denying yourselves. We don't do it to make God love us anymore. He already loves us with an infinite, unchanging love. We don't do it to make ourselves any more acceptable to God. Jesus has already done that. He's made us acceptable to God. We do it now because our life is no longer our own. We do it because, as the Bible says, you've been bought with a price. You've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And you don't belong to yourself anymore. You belong to Him. If you do belong to Him, you have a new Lord, new Savior, new Master, new King. And Jesus says, I want you to express that by taking your life, giving it to me, and letting go. And that is the decision that each of these eight people have made and are making today. At some point in their journey, they've opened their heart and faith to Jesus, each of them. Some recently, some long time ago. And they've received that incredible gift of new life, eternal life that Jesus promises. And now they've heard his call to take up their cross. And that's what they're doing today. That's what baptism represents. They go under the water, they're dying. It's a death. Dying to their old life. That old life nailed to the cross with Jesus. And they're rising to a new life that is no longer their own, but is in the hands of of their Lord and Savior. And they're saying, I give it all to you, Jesus. Every single part of it. I have no more plans of my own. I want my life to be only what you want it to be. It's laid down before you. They're taking up their cross. And Jesus, with these words, gives that same invitation to every single one of us. You notice that first word he says? Whoever. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple. Anyone. This invitation is open to whoever, wherever, whenever. Every single one of us can receive that invitation. If anyone wants to be Jesus' disciple, it's not something I can convince you of. It's not something Jesus will ever try and cajole you into. He won't try and coerce you into it. I can't persuade you. I have to rely on the Spirit of God working in your heart as I trust that He is. But if anyone wants to become a disciple of Jesus, that invitation is there. And maybe today you're, you're a Christian. Maybe you've been a Christian for decades, but perhaps you hear those words of Jesus and you realize today, maybe for the first time, you've never died. You've never really taken up your cross. Yeah, you believe, and you're following Jesus, and you've got a relationship with Him, and you've got a faith, but you've never really died. And maybe Jesus is saying to you today, it's time to take up your cross. It's time to lay your life down and follow me. Maybe you've never been baptized and Jesus is quietly nudging your heart today and saying, today's the day, now is the time. I want you to take up your cross. may have been a Christian for a long time, but he's saying, I want you to express your faith today in the waters of baptism and make that statement for all the world to see that you are my son, you are my daughter, you are mine. Maybe you've had a faith, maybe you've had a background in church, Sunday school and whatever, but you've just drifted a long, long way. Maybe it's been a long, long time since you were ever really walking with God. And today God's saying, I want you to come home. I want you to come back. Doesn't matter how long it's been. Doesn't matter how wide the gap is. God's here. His arms are open. He's your loving father. He's saying, I want you to come home today. I want you to come back and receive life again, receive grace again, receive forgiveness again. And I want you once again to take your life and lay it down. And maybe you've never stepped into that relationship at all. But you hear the words of Jesus today, and you know those words are for you, and you know that you are the whoever today. 
You are the one today that Jesus is calling, and that invitation is open to you. You don't need to have your life all together to make that decision. You never will. That's the point. You don't need to have all your questions answered to make that decision. You never will. You just come as you are. You come exactly as you are, and God takes you right where you are and right as you are, and he makes you his child. Everything that needs to be done for that to happen has been done by Jesus on the cross. And now he turns to you and says, will you follow me? That invitation is open to you today. Someone once said, there's only two things you can do with the cross. You can flee it or you can die upon it. That's it. You can either run away from the cross and pretend that it doesn't exist. Or you can run towards it. You can embrace it and you can die upon it. That choice is yours. Let's pray together. Jesus, we want to acknowledge humbly the incredible sacrifice that you have made for us by hanging and suffering and dying in our place on that cross. And today, Jesus, we hear your words. We hear your words and they just sink deep into our heart. Whoever wants to be my disciple, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Jesus, I trust those words are sinking deep into the hearts of people right across this room, even as I'm talking. And I trust, God, that you'll press your words on the hearts that you want to press them on this morning. And that as they sink deep into our hearts, I want to pray now, Jesus, that you would plant faith and courage and boldness in the hearts of those people to respond in faith to respond with courage, to respond by stepping into your family, falling upon the cross and dying upon it for your sake. And we thank you, Jesus, that as we die with you to our old life, we find that on the other side of that, you're right there. You're waiting for us with new life, with real life, with abundant life, because you have told us that whoever would lose their life for me We'll find it. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. This has been a teaching message from Shaw Community Church. For more of our teaching resources, or to donate to our teaching resource ministry, or for more information on Shaw Community Church, visit www.shaw.org.nz. Alternatively, you can email office at shaw.org.nz or phone 09 415 0455 Thank you for listening.